Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning again. Oh, I want to just start off by, by offering just a quick word of thank you for the, the birthday love I got last Sunday. Friday was the official day, and uh, Tiffany helped fulfill a bucket list item for me. Uh, when I was, I guess, in third grade or so, uh, that movie Space Camp came out that had Leia Thompson in it, and it was a dream for me to see if I could find her in space. I'm sorry, no, just go to Space Camp. Totally kidding. It was, it was a dream of mine to go to space camp, and uh, it never happened when I was a child. And so uh, we can't remember exactly how many years ago it was, but it was over 20. Tiffany gave me one of those little coupons to redeem at some point to, for Christmas to, for her to take me to the Space and Rocket Center. And so I redeemed that coupon this week, and I uh, got to spend a couple days in Huntsville, Alabama, just uh, living, kind of reliving some of my childhood dreams, and it was a fantastic experience. Uh, it was a great journey for us. There were a lot of things that were unique about that journey that we took. Of course, uh, I had a lot of uh, emotional excitement and anticipation in it. Uh, we stocked up on some of our favorite road trip foods. We made sure that we had gasoline in the van, and we were mapping out where we wanted to eat. You know, we, I knew we wanted to hit Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, and McDonald's in that time frame. Uh, and so we were able to knock all three of them out, right? So we made plans. We were preparing ourselves uh, for the road trip. And that really is something that's just so awesome. We listen to our music. We listen to Christmas music. Uh, she let me listen to a little talk radio on my birthday. Uh, I think she got a little nap in, but I'm not complaining. Uh, we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And it brought up all these thoughts and these memories about road trips and how special they are. Sometimes they're impromptu, sometimes they're planned, sometimes it takes a lot of time for them to materialize and come together. But regardless, when we look at the excitement and the anticipation of something like a road trip, uh, hopefully the destination is only part of that ex the entire experience and voyage. And it, it was in our case. Uh, and I just, I, I thank you, Tiffany, for uh, making that dream come true. A really special time, especially uh, for the birthday and uh, being able to experience some of the beauty of the Christmas lights and things. We did that on Thursday night at the Botanical Garden. So uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And this is a great way for me to move into our message content, content for today because we are going through our December message series called Christmas Road Trip, the journey of a lifetime. And so similarly to how I was able to experience the journey of a lifetime going three hours or so up to Huntsville, Alabama, uh, we are looking at some of the key Bible figures. And that was how we started last week. We're looking at some of the key journeys that people, figures in the Bible took in order to help bring about the mission and ministry of Jesus. And last week specifically, we looked at Mary and how Mary surrendered herself to God so that she could be used by him. By the Lord. And Mary said, let it be with me according to your will. She was a passive conduit of grace. Now, conduit, of course, is something that we use to transfer energy or power. And so Mary was a passive conduit of God. 
God's grace. And as we talked about that last week, we reflected about how times we are called to be passive conduits of grace, allowing God's work and movement to surge through our lives just as we are going through our everyday, ordinary coming and going. But there are also times, because of the power of the Holy Spirit living within us, that we are also called to be active conduits of God's grace, to look for those times, look for those places, seek out those opportunities where we can use our skills, our gifts, our resources, our abilities to help make sure that God is Hopefully, during this past week, you took some moments to at least reflect over how God is calling us to be passive and active conduits of his grace and how we can play a role similarly, not necessarily the same magnitude of what Mary and Joseph, with whom we're going to cover today, but hopefully we can play a role in our active and passive conduitness of grace. And so this week, we are looking at Joseph. This might be a good time, if you've not yet done so, to pull out your Hope Church Plus app, whether it's on your phone or your tablet, or if you are using the -the fill-in-the-blank notes that are inside your info guide, uh, I would encourage you to take a look at those as we are moving through our message content this morning. Uh, And at the end of that, you'll see some reflection questions to help you chew on this as we go through the week. But our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25. And so last week, where we looked at the angel bringing the message to Mary about what she was going to do as part of God's plan, today we are looking at how the angel came to Joseph. And this is what we read in the scripture. And I'm reading this morning out of the contemporary English Bible. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he did not want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. The word of God for God's peace. Let's give thanks to God. Amen? So this is the story, right? Okay, so we've oftentimes heard betrothed, engaged, married, and I want to give a little background on what those three words mean because it is important for the content of what is happening here. Now, a betrothal was basically like a promise ring, right? I don't remember if I gave Tiffany a promise ring. If I did, I got it out of a gumball machine, so it was a joke. But it wasn't, y'all didn't find that very funny. I didn't give her a promise ring. Somebody said it was hilarious, okay. So, uh, but but a betrothal is kind of like a promise ring. It's kind of like when you get in that relationship and you know that this person is special and you know that they have a special place and a movement and a meaning. You haven't gotten engaged yet. 
and engagement is when the promise becomes sealed. Now, it is very likely that Mary and Joseph had an arranged marriage. We aren't exactly sure, but we know that they were engaged. And still, in an engagement, which lasted typically a year, there was not supposed to be any uh, hanky-panky or anything like that. They were supposed to be fulfilling the lessons and the teaching of the law. And so when we see here that Joseph was a righteous man, we read this in Matthew, we also read this uh, in other places of the scripture, what we are to glean from this is that Joseph was doing exactly what he knew the right thing to do was. He took seriously his call to be a man of good character and integrity and courage. Joseph was a righteous man who understood love. He also understood the obedience that Mary submitted to as we looked at last week, he understood that. And that was part of who he was deep down in his heart. Yet, he probably was surprised when he found out that Mary, with whom he had done everything properly and appropriately, turned up expecting. Joseph's like, I had nothing to do with this. I'm a righteous man. My reputation is on the line. My integrity is on the line. My family name is on the line. It, you know, <laughs> I'm wanting to quote Michael Jackson, right? The, the child is not my son, right? It, it's, that's not who it is. And, and so that's how Joseph was approaching this. But Joseph also had to be heartbroken because he was doing everything the right way. How often have you encountered something where you were called to do something challenging? You're doing it the right way, and it doesn't seem to end up like you thought can be challenging, can it? It can be frustrating. It can even cause changes and challenges in our faith. And I imagine this is how Joseph felt as he was dealing with the reality that his fiance was expecting a child and he had nothing to do with it. And so what we read from the gospel is that Joseph was going to dismiss her quietly. Now, why is that important? Well, in the time of biblical writing and experience, if Joseph, they were engaged, they were considered as good as married without having all the other benefits of being married. If she came up expecting and he didn't have anything to do with it, then she was as good as having committed adultery. And what was the penalty for adultery? Death. Seriously. So all of a sudden, we begin to get a little bit of insight into Joseph's character. He was a righteous man. He wanted everything to be done rightly and correctly, with integrity and with love. But he did not want any harm coming to Mary. So he decided to just dismiss her quietly. Now, what, would, what was going to happen as Mary began to show? People were going to suspect, right? And all of a sudden, it was going to be a he said, she said type situation. And this is where we begin to see the miracle of who Joseph was and is coming to be. Because the second point in this message was that Joseph was open to the movement of God. The movement of God sent the angel that said, the child that your fiance, with whom you are as good as married, the child that she is carrying is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, how many of you would just take that at face value? 
I don't see a single hand. I'm not raising mine either, right? It would be really hard for us to take this at face value. But Joseph was a righteous man who knew love and he knew the movement of God. He was counting on it. And all of a sudden, he began to count on it seriously. And so Joseph, in his decision to dismiss her quietly, if your neighbor's asleep, wake them up because this is key. Joseph decided that he himself, out of his love for Mary, would take the shame getting chills when I say that because friends that isn't always how we see even the best people behave not me I didn't do it I'm not guilty my hands are clean Joseph was willing by dismissing Mary quietly to say yeah I did it that shame is mine I'm even going to divorce her and deal with the double shame of creating a child out of wedlock and then abandoning them. That's how much Joseph loved Mary, was that he was willing to take on the shame himself. Do you begin to get any insight as to how important the role of Joseph was? Because what kind of man who would be willing to take on the shame of the entire human race, what kind of role model would he have needed? He looked to his daddy, not just his father, his Abba in heaven, but his daddy who raised him, who played ball with him in the yard, who took him to soccer practice, right? That probably didn't happen, right? But still, Joseph modeled, even before Jesus was born, the type of character and integrity that the creator of universe would want modeled for his little child. And so friends, this is huge. Joseph knew the movement of God. And in 33 some odd years, when Jesus would carry that cross up to Calvary, we can see the bookending of his earthly life thanks to the modeling of the father that God chose to raise the author and the perfecter of our faith. The movement of God that Joseph chose was to take on the shame so that his wife Mary, soon to be wife, engaged, his wife Mary would not have to. But because Joseph was in on the movement of God, he heard the message of the angel and said, okay, I'll play my part. As a man myself, I can imagine he always wondered in the back of his mind, is this story that I've been told, the experiences I've had in the dream, is this accurate? Is this really God, how you're choosing to move? The question, the wonder, the uncertainty. But one of the things that we can probably presume that Joseph felt was that because he was a righteous man, he was going to follow and obey God, just like what Mary was doing, right? She was submitting to the movement of God, and Joseph said, who am I to do anything differently, even though I still don't quite understand this, which leads us to our next point. Joseph was faithful to serve God, even though it didn't make sense. When can you think of a time God asked you to do something and it didn't quite make sense? 
little bit? Did it take some cajoling or meandering? What? Something that we have to deal with all the time. What happens when we make that decision to follow through and do something for God that doesn't quite make sense, that doesn't quite add up? We can look at a story like Noah, who builds an ark to prepare for something that they had never heard of before called rain. Right? The scripture tells us that God had irrigated the world from the ground up. And so Noah was preparing for a flood to come by something that they had never heard of before. But he did it. Moses was called to go back into the court of Pharaoh where he had grown up and he knew that he had a death sentence on his head because of the Egyptian that he killed. And God says, Moses, I'm sending you back. And he's like, no, 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 you're not. Okay. Right? Even John the Baptist, Jesus comes to baptize. We talked about that earlier. Didn't quite understand that God himself was asking him to baptize him when he knew, he knew that Jesus is the one that should have been baptizing him. But he did it. Peter, after denying and betraying Jesus, went and had breakfast with the Lord post-resurrection. Scripture in John tells us that Jesus is cooking fish over charcoal flame. The detail that we get about when Peter was denying Jesus in the courtyard was it was a charcoal flame. Scent is the scent's strongest tie to its memory. And Peter stands right there next to Jesus who had forgiven him of his sins, smelling the charcoal flame and watching him flip the fish with a nail-scarred hand. And Peter says, come and eat. Jesus says, come and eat. I'm sure Peter wanted to run away in shame. But Jesus says, no, come and eat with me. Eating is a sign of reconciliation. By Jesus feeding Peter and then asking Peter to feed his sheep, he's saying, come to me in your shame. Allow me to fix us a meal. Yes, you may see the evidence of your betrayal with the scar all around your hand, but this is the hand that carved out the oceans, that molded the mountains, that took the nails, and now flips the fish and cooks it for you. Peter's life has changed because he received the invitation to allow someone else to bear that shame and to come even when it didn't make sense. Jesus perhaps was following in Joseph's footsteps by being willing to to take on Peter's shame. And even when things didn't always make sense to know that there was a role and a mission to play and to go forward as a result. And so Joseph was faithful to serve God, even when it may not have made sense. And he was faithful in that serving to also give an example and a model for how Jesus would carry out his own ministry. And so when we hear and we read and we see and we know Joseph's obedience to follow the plan and the heartbeat of God, 
we see that Joseph's courage was one of the very first steps in the plan for humanity's salvation. Joseph had every right to call for Mary's execution, but he decided to take her shame and make it his own. And then he decided when he realized that at least in hope, right, and in peace and rejoicing, he was going to do what God was calling and asking him to do and not allow for Mary's life to be taken because it would have taken Jesus's too, but to take on that shame. And so we see every step from that point forward that Joseph took, it was about offering and ushering in the movement of God for the salvation of you and me. Friends, that is extraordinary. Mary gets so much emphasis in the scripture and she deserves it. The verses about Joseph are really quite minimal. But when we look beneath the surface and begin to take into understanding and context cultural norms, the way that a man's heart and mind oftentimes can work, about half of you may not necessarily understand that, but you've seen great examples, I guarantee you, right? It's okay to laugh at that, right? Very peculiar species. But Joseph, he obeyed God. He knew what love was, and he allowed his life to model the heart of the Heavenly Father. And that's exactly what God was looking for. It was the courage of Joseph that allowed for that plan of salvation to work forward. But we can also know that God saw in Joseph the kind of man he would choose to be his own father. The kind of man that is willing to serve, to sacrifice, to lead, to step out in faith, to be bold and courageous, even when it doesn't make sense, but also a man of patience and a man of skill. That's something that I would imagine most of us could use some work on from time to time. I'm reminded of a, of a story when we first moved to our house down in Newman, Ethan was only like three years old, and we were setting up a playroom for him. And in that playroom, we were putting together cubbies and bookshelves and things. They weren't from Ikea, but they might as well be, you know, as many pieces as there were. And I can remember, you know, probably like most dads, just, I'm getting rid of this and get back to the football game. You know, whatever it was, you know, just kind of begrudgingly going through it. And then three-year-old little Ethan, with curly hair like Milton's, came and sat down beside me, and he wanted to help. And I was like, oh my gosh. I don't want to be doing this to begin with, and having the help of a three-year-old is going to make it go twice as long, <laughs> you know? Oh, memories. What I would do to go back to days like that. But I... I taught Ethan in those moments about how to line up wood just right. Tighten the screws as best as his little three-year-old fingers could to make sure that things were in the right place. And invariably when I made a mistake, which I did all the time, still do, to back it out, fix it, get it right. And it occurred to me in that moment as I reflect now, 17, 18 years later, kind of man that Joseph probably was and the kind of 
man, I should aspire to be more like. Joseph was a carpenter. Joseph taught Jesus the family trade. And I'm sure there were times when Jesus' little three-year-old toddler wanted to help. And Joseph was like, oh my gosh, this is going to take twice as long. But those moments become bonding moments. Life lesson moments. Teaching moments. Galvanizing moments. We don't know a whole lot about the relationship that Joseph and Jesus had. But we see in the man that Jesus was and is still. The character and integrity and courage that his dad modeled for him three decades earlier. And I am sure that there were times when Joseph lost his temper, lost his cool, lost his composure. But I also think that in those moments, he could go back and remember what it was like when angels came and visited him in a dream and then split the heavens and started singing about how God's glory and presence was among them. And to see shepherds coming to worship and to bow down at the Christ child. And then wise men from afar coming and bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh, the things that would set them up for their upcoming and ongoing journeys. All of a sudden, Joseph must be sitting there and looking at this little child and saying, it's true. All of it is true. God is with us. And my friends, that's the message I want to leave you with this morning. Of all the things that don't seem to make sense, of all the things that challenge us, preconceived notions, our understanding of the way that the world works. We see God working and moving through it. And we get a little further down the road and we can see, just like Joseph did, that it's all true. The righteousness of Joseph knew that the Messiah was coming. And when he saw the baby that he held in his arms, and when he saw the messengers of heaven, the shepherds, the wise men, all of it. He knew it was all true. I pray the same realization for you today to find in the courage of Joseph the reality that all of this is true because it seems so miraculous and it seems so unbelievable at times because that's the way that God works. God wants to work and move in your life. And he wants you to have the courage of Joseph to do the right thing when it doesn't make sense, to be bold and to know that the steps that you make and you take as you are an active or a passive conduit of God's grace are continuing that message and that journey of bringing salvation to the so what role is God calling and asking you to play right now? If you have questions and would like to think about it, I would encourage you to let me know. Give me a call. Let's have a cup of coffee. 
Let's do something so we, where we can explore how God might be moving in your life. And let's find in that example of Joseph the kind of man who God would choose to be his own daddy, the kind of example that we need, every single one of us, to live in the move and to find our being in God. So here are your quick takeaways. Be open to God's move. Obey God even when it doesn't make sense. And be courageous. Be open to God's move. Obey God even when it doesn't make sense. And be courageous to follow through. Will you pray with me, please? Almighty God, I lift up this morning our family here at Hope Church. And I pray that you bless us with your presence. Help us to see in the example of Joseph the courage and the integrity of a man who you would choose to be your very own father. What an astonishing thought that is. Forgive us for the times when we ourselves fall so short. And by the power of your spirit, enable and empower and encourage us to be the people who you've created and you call us to be. I ask this in the name of your son and our savior Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.